0: the very rules of evil, of negativity and singularity, including the ultimate form of singularity, which is how can change
1: the world okay. okay. state of things in of violence without object This is the typical violence of violent because what happens then uh, is the murder of the, queen, the vanishing point of reality. Let's not have a misunderstanding
0: here.
2: Welcome to podcast, Care of Cooper Cherry. I'm uh, very excited today to have uh, Nick from At Stellar Boar, also of the uh, Proletarian Contrarian Podcast, joining me to discuss uh, the... To discuss
1: society. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hell yeah. Uh, yep. so, so we're talking Joker, mm-hmm. uh, very timely, something that's on the tip of everyone's tongue and social media. So <laughs> here we are. We live in a dang society. We <laughs> out.
1: Yeah, we do. We do.
2: Who yeah. would have um, thought?
1: Um, I realize that I, I tend to laugh on my own podcast and on your show and any shows that I do. I think it's because I'm nervous, really. It's because I laugh at inappropriate times. <laughs> <laughs> you have a condition, right? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Read my card, please. Nice. Um, but yeah, we we just saw Joker. Um, a couple hours ago, it was, it is good. It's, I, I liked it a lot. It's, um, it definitely exceeded my expectations, kind of my, my realistic, my realistic expectations and, um, my ridiculous memeified kind of vision of it. <laughs>
2: nice. And this was, the, you hadn't, you had not screened it at all before we just saw it, right? No, now. no, no, no. I okay, it just, cool. yeah. First because scene. I saw it last night for the first time and. Right was extremely underwhelmed on upon first viewing on, mm-hmm. on and it felt like i think my idea of the or summing up the f- film last night was that uh, it was like a bad remake of Tra- taxi driver
1: yeah that's very apparent i mean <laughs> it is that there's the taxi driver and the king of comedy everyone's saying that it's um th- those influences are, are very much on the sleeve for sure
2: but after seeing it a second time it
1: definitely helped. i
2: definitely it's not a movie that i love by any means but i thought it was it was good
1: it was Mm. it was good enough it was same same. sam it's flawed it um it isn't it it didn't deserve an eight minutes standing ovation at the at the um not the golden globes the the other award ceremony in europe that it it just there was some ridiculous like standing ovation it got and it's it's breaking box office records everywhere um apparently um yeah, it's 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 a good movie. It's I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw it in a theater experience. Um, it does have its issues, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say for me, it's it's decent. It's probably not one like I don't think I'm gonna see it again, and I don't know if I that I'd really want to watch it. Yeah, yet. it's there's a lot of rewatchability beyond two screenings, and I probably wouldn't have done the second screening to be honest mm-hmm. if it hadn't if we hadn't already decided to do this episode <laughs> yeah. on, on it. So yeah, but I'm kind of glad I did because it was nice to like have a different perspective on it or like
1: it's it's very cinematic it it i think it plays well in a theater on a theater screen as opposed to just watching it at home not um not that everyone can can get out there to see every movie in the big theater but there there is something to be said for a theater experience kind of as hokey and film nerdy as it is um and a, a lot of sequences and a lot of a lot of the cinematography played well um in that environment and we didn't die. We we're braver than the troops. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: And uh, let's see, I think uh, one of the biggest things that stood out to me on the second time around that like it's something that I can't really point my finger on like out a number of times, but I've really paid attention a little bit more to the editing this time around. Mm. And I thought that it was a really well edited film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, all, all of the, the, craftsmanship aspects of the movie the the um the editing the the cinematography like i was saying the acting for sure um the score especially or they were all well it's a well-made film it's it's it has a lot of passion and it has a lot of good um skill and care put into it
2: but yeah i picked up a, a lot of times i don't know there was some nice kind of cutaways and some thematic edit editing that i thought was pretty well done this time around yeah i was able to focus on now that i you know having seen it once already i For should sure. kind of pick up on a little bit of that um but uh, you kind of mentioned a little bit about the acting and i guess before i should do that we should probably jump in and just maybe give a little bit of a a um plot synopsis sure and sure. i'm probably gonna ask you to help me out a little bit on this
1: yeah yeah that's cool i mean um but what's what's neat about it is there there's certainly a plot. Um, but it, it's very much a character-driven movie, I would say. Um, it, it's yeah, very absolutely. much a character study of, of Arthur Fleck, who becomes a Joker, of course. Um, origin story, uh, like you were saying, there are comparisons to Taxi Driver in that regard. Um, alienated and disaffected man. Um, very much working class. Um, not completely destitute um, in terms of his, his position, but um, taking care of his alien mother. Um going through the ringer every day day after day um, and idolizing uh, a, two different specific father figures um, Thomas Wayne the the very wealthy um, mayoral, mayoral candidate um, who his mother is infatuated with for, for reasons um, and then the the Murray Franklin figure the the Robert de Niro character who um, that that's kind of where the the king of comedy angle comes in
2: yeah and I definitely want to circle back around to that i'm glad you noted noticed that relationship with franklin in particular that kind of father-son mm. aspect to it because i definitely think there's a sort of Oedipal oh, dramatic yeah. element oh, there, yes. which is kind of interesting yes but uh so i, I guess we start out with we kind of meet arthur fleck and mm. he's a, a clown for hire
1: yeah he's yeah i, I kind of get the sense that like it's an agency he just um he does he gets placed all throughout the city yeah literally um everywhere from from sign spinning to to sick children's hospital visits um he he i i, I think his they they kind of make mention of this his most of his coworkers find him creepy they don't, they don't yeah. they aren't comfortable with him right. um and that that's very much it's very apparent from the, from the get go um he he is an unsettling character um he takes care of his mother at home she is an invalid um he kind of becomes infatuated with one of his neighbors. I think just kind of seed in the r- little relationships here. Um, he's very much infatuated with the Murray Franklin, uh, Franklin, uh, host Murray Franklin himself, as we said, who was kind of a Johnny Carson kind of analog, I think. Yeah. They, he explicitly says like, Oh, we, we do clean comedy on this show. Um, he says that at one point. Um, and yeah, Franklin, uh, not Franklin, Arthur, uh, is fired one day because his, um, Actually, how, how do no, you have to go f- okay. too
2: super because, I, I, you know, it's not really super important to go uh, kind of go through the highlights. Sure. So, yeah, he uh, I think you're just going to go into his sign gets stolen by some kids. The mm-hmm. kids beat him up. They destroy a sign that ends up. Right.
1: And, and notably, um, his his boss. And you get the sense that most his his boss explicitly and most of his coworkers, I think kind of it's implied they don't believe him. They think he he's crazy. Like they 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 think he's just a weird, um, crazy guy who s- destroyed the sign or stole it or something.
2: Yeah, and then so one of his coworkers, uh, sort of a f- friend, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> For that, Lack of a better word. That was know, a that, that, was,
1: that was that was a little weak. How, how that kind of just came out of nowhere. He, yeah. he just gives him a gun.
2: Yeah, he just gives him a gun. <laughs> yes. And Arthur's carrying the gun. He's at a children's hospital. It doing his act.
1: <laughs> he's dancing. The
2: gun spills out. Results in him getting fired from right. his clowning job. Right.
1: Um yeah, the the gun becomes kind of a totem. Um he for him before even before this, he he kind of plays with it. Um there's, there's one there's one blackly comedic scene where he's just like playing with it and pointing it at the TV, pointing it at his mother's chair, just pretending to do a thing with it, and then he accidentally shoots the wall. Um, cuz it it was loaded and um yeah, the the Sequences like that, where like you, you, they play with the tension and like they, oh, the gun probably is loaded, but they're not going to go there. But then they are, and they do go there. It, it, um, there's a lot of little moments like that that kind of build up to this, this dark crescendo at the end. And it's it seated very early on. And
2: then trying to think, even what <laughs> I've seen this movie twice, and I don't know <laughs> if I can summarize it that well. Uh, sure.
1: Um, he they get into the relationship with the the neighbor. Okay. Um,
2: yeah. So he. His neighbor just has a passing comment on the elevator.
1: And crucially, this is the only scene where we see your daughter. Oh, it's yeah. the, it's the only scene where a third person interacts with them oh, yeah, at the same call time. Um, nice catch. Yeah. Um, because later on, of course, I'm, I'm assuming we're just going full spoilers here. Yeah. Um, of course, while this neighbor does exist and she does live down the hall from him, um, they, they brushed into each other for all of five seconds. In reality, they, they shared an elevator ride, um, and I think it's plausible that he did stalk her a couple times, because yeah. he, he does follow her. Um but then that of course sets off his fantasy and he has kind of like a Tyler Durden-esque infatuation relationship with her. Um of course it's revealed to be completely a loser at the by the end.
2: And so let's see what it goes on. Um he with the gun, he ends up getting into a kerfuffle, a Donnybrook, if you will. On yes. The, on the train with some uh, Wall Street. Yes.
1: One percenter kind of. They work for uh, the, the Wayne Foundation, the yeah. Wayne Industries. Um, they're harassing a woman. Uh, and of course, because Arthur, he, he has this condition where he laughs at inappropriate times. He starts laughing at them um, and he's dressed up in full clown get up. So like it's this ridiculous scene. Um, the woman runs away. The three the three Wall Street bros start, start haranguing him. Um, and then he kind of accidentally shoots one. But then shoots the other two in um, the scuffle. And um, that, that's the inciting incident to set off the um, simmering class resentment that kind of is plaguing Gotham. Because even before this, we're, we're told that there's um, a, a garbage strike going on in Gotham. Um, and in a nice detail throughout the movie, you see the piles of trash getting higher. Um, so oh it's damn a game. I didn't catch that. Yeah, there, there, there's one that's scene. I um,
2: mean, I know they mention it on tv and i think the murray franklin character is making a joke about it but i never i didn't right. actually catch that
1: there's one scene where he's on a pretend date with his imaginary girlfriend outside, and in uh, it's it's an establishment shot of the diner that they're at and there's just like this huge pile of garbage outside the diner okay gotcha yeah. man
2: maybe i was just so kind of accustomed to since there's new no alleys in new york that usually right. trash is outside on the right. street anyways and i just like thought maybe like gritty 70s 80s new york sure yeah it yeah, yeah. was definitely which was definitely the inspiration for the kind of time period oh
1: absolutely yeah um very much the the taxi driver aesthetic through and through um gritty
2: Pr- pre-giuliani yeah
1: pre. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i what's funny broken windows Um, like policing yeah and as of last night everybody uh giuliani's uh, dms are open so go 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 bother him please you should do that uh calling all jokers calling all jokers (laughs) um but yeah the the city is as much is as much a presence in this movie as um as arthur himself is it was very very well depicted um i would love to see a batman in this version of gotham it's it's never going to happen um but it would be And and I guess even from the time frame perspective, because we we do meet Bruce Wayne, because next up in the plot, the next big plot beat is when Arthur goes to confront Thomas Wayne because he he opens up one of his mother's letters that she sends off every day. And he he finds out that she's writing to to Thomas Wayne saying, Arthur's your illegitimate son. Um, And then Joker, uh, Joker. Arthur has this kind of show, this tense moment with Bruce, young, young eight-year-old Bruce Wayne um, at Wayne Manor, at Wayne Manor, because, of course, he's denied entry. Um, but this is just for the evidence that, of course, his mother, too, has has a tenuous grip in reality. Um, and I think after that is the Charlie Chaplin sequence in yes. the theater.
2: Yes. Yeah. So they're all the well-to-do in Gotham are showing up. At, I don't know if that was... On Wayne Manor, or if it was just
1: no, it it was in the city. It was, it was city. um, okay. it was a th- like a special, nice Paramount kind of prestige theater thing. Uh, they were doing uh, Modern Times, the Charlie Chaplin classic comedy, um, where and
2: Arthur ends up confronting
1: right Thomas in, Wayne in important after in a, sneaking in, sneaking in through the riot. The Joker um, protests because uh, they're specifically protesting Thomas Wayne, who's kind of set up as like this. Uh, very, very unsympathetic figure, um, kind of like captain of industry. Um, I couldn't really get a sense of what kind of political angle they were going for because like it it could have been kind of like an FDR, new like New Deal thing, but just I, I, almost, I don't think almost, it was nuanced yeah, enough for that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I almost got like a uh, maybe even Giuliani-esque um, sort of, but or like one of the sure. other New York Maybe Bloomberg or one of those other D- types. I would say Bloomberg more than Giuliani. Yeah. Just
1: um, like, oh, I'm I'm going to inject the city with cash right. and a rising tide will lift all boats kind of thing. Yeah, um, and sort of
2: being this compassionate capitalist, right? More so than just like whatever the fuck Giuliani was. Psychopath, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um
2: not knowing the difference between. Not fat frozen yogurt and it's all, it's all the frozen same. yogurt with fat. I They're mean, all the same. <laughs> damn
1: fool. Yeah. We should have known then. We should have known back then. Um but yeah, Arthur confronts um Thomas Wayne in, in the restroom of of the theater, and he's like, Oh, you're my father, you're my father. My mother, my mother writes to you every day, and you, you abused her, and the least you can do is give us some of your uh, some of your largesse. Um and Thomas straps the bombshell that while arthur's mother did work for them as a maid or something um she was dismissed because she had uh delusions of grandeur she was narcissistic personality disorder um and also that arthur's adopted um and also he punches arthur because you know like Batman punches a joker <laughs> <laughs> um this is another one of those sequences that i think is del- very deliberately open to interpretation um maybe it didn't happen although it this one, actually, this one in particular probably did because, um, using that information, Arthur goes to Arkham State Hospital, yeah. which whereupon he, he steals, the, steals the, his mother's file and finds out that it is true that, um, his mother is had, I think it was specifically narcissistic personality, personality disorder and, um, something else.
2: Oh, just like a whole shitload of crazy things about how he was abused by her boyfriend, right? And other right, pretty disturbing,
1: and he was adopted too. Yeah, yeah. um, That version of Arkham was actually really cool. Yeah,
2: I would love to. Actually, I wonder. I'm gonna try to see if I can find um, where that was shot because I was really curious if that was a legitimate actual location or if it was partially CGI or not.
1: I think it looked like the building itself, like the exterior, was real, but um, or at least part of it. It it looked like it it might have been like. I don't know the 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 bridge specifically. I'm thinking like the tunnel connecting like the the yeah. two second floors was probably real. Um, but yeah, I like I th- this is kind of skipping ahead to like our miscellaneous aspects of the movie. But like, I would love to see a Batman treatment of that Arkham, like this this horribly like bleached, cleaned hallways and like bright fluorescent lights. Because like we've we've seen the gothic version of Arkham Asylum. We've seen like the the classic dark and barely, barely kept like gothic cathedral, essentially, um, that becomes an asylum. But that, that like peroxide nightmare version of Gotham would be a uh, version of Arkham would be really cool to see.
2: Yeah. Or like just the, I mean, it was a very realistic yeah. type of facility that you would anticipate for sure actually being, you know what I mean? Sort of sanitarium. Plausible. Yeah. Yeah. A relatively plausible aspect of that or a portrayal of that rather and then so what, what do we have we have next um the police are also on arthur's trail yeah from two, the killing
1: um well yeah two two detectives start um questioning him because of the killing um specifically because they get they they got a lead a tip-off from his old agency because he was fired and he was fired for having a gun so like they're putting two and two together yeah um and when when Arthur had been out questioning Thomas Wayne, um, he, he was really creepy towards Bruce. So the Waynes caught the cops on him, um, which shut off the police. And then we find out the police had gone to question his mother, sending her into cardiac arrest because she had a stroke. Yeah, she's in or stroke. She's in uh, frail health. Um, so when he gets home after stealing her records from the hospital, he's hit with a second bombshell. Oh, she's dying. Now she had a stroke. So she's going to be in the hospital. Um, and then that's where, and while he's waiting outside the hospital, that's where the detectives, um, confront him personally. Um, he definitely gives off a weird guilty vibe, but they obviously can't do anything. So they, they kind of continue to call him, um, in the following days. Um, oh, and also in the hospital scene is when we get, uh, the Murray Franklin, um, show sequence where they actually get. <laughs> to get footage of Arthur bombing um on stage during his stand up act um and that pisses him off to know and that that kind of sets off this fury inside him when he when he sees them
2: and so then we have does he then smother his mother at that point
1: no um after he sees his own footage on Mary Franklin, he goes back to his um his apartment alone um he he tries to walk into um, oh, yeah. his, neighbor's his neighbor's apartment because right. he's like, oh, my girlfriend's apartment. I just walk in and go see her. I'm feeling crappy. Um, and this was a really unsettling scene because she comes out of her daughter's room and she's like, oh my god, you you have the wrong apartment. You you shouldn't be in here. Um, slowly realizing that like this is this has not actually ha- been happening. Um, but then we get like, we get this like this barrage of. Um, of, of flashback scenes of of moments that the two of them had spent together earlier on in the film um, kind of showing his fantasy versus the reality and that that was kind of one of the weaker aspects um like hitting us over the head kind of like destroying any ambiguity that there that there might have been um but following that is when he um yeah he he does go back and, and murder his mother and and another great Great looking sequence too, with the the sunlight shining over him. It's a very bright, very well lit, very wa- almost washed out. Um, yeah, like giving visuals. him an almost angelic halo. It was kind of yeah. To it. yeah.
2: So then he kills his mother, <laughs> and then I guess next is he's and en- ends up going on the Murray Franklin show,
1: right? Um, because his his the footage of him bombing on stage was so popular on the show. Um, the, producers of the show reach out to him to try to get him to come on as a guest. Um, and he gets, he, he, he accepts, he gets, he gets ready. He, he practices, like practices his entrance a lot. Um, he watches old footage of the show. He, um, he does, he, he gets his, um, his, his Joker suit and his Joker mask and uh, face, face paint mask on. Um, and then two of his old coworkers come to visit him. Um, the guy that gave him the gun, and one of the the only other clown that was nice to him. Um, and he he murders another guy. So like his body counts up to five at this point. Um, because the three bros in the subway, his mother, and then the his former coworker. Um, yeah, he kills him. And but the, and this was a uh, there's there are so many good little character beats at this moment or of of this movie because um when the two um, former coworkers come in. Um, one of them is is a, a guy with dwarfism. He's he's like three feet tall. Um, when the two come into his apartment, um, Arthur closes the door and he latches um, the chain on the door, but he leaves it normally unlocked. Um, and of course, and then he kills the guy that gave him the gun because he gave him the gun, but he didn't take the fall for him. He blamed him. Um, and then the coworker with dwarfism tries to leave. he opens the door and it opens but then the chain catches and he can't reach it and that that's such like a blackly (laughs) cruel and insulting joke that that that's like pitch perfect for what this person has become um and then he's like oh could you arthur could you like you let me out because he told him just get out of here i'm not gonna hurt you um and he unlatches the chain but then he scares him yeah (laughs) it's like it's it's i like this very human joker with that that's not like this unknowable nihilistic creature from beyond he he's a person that's just very fucked up and that that's a very new take on this character um and it's little little things like that that's just like pointlessly cruel but still cruel um little insults and jibes and jokes that kind of build up and make him make him more believable
2: and so then he
1: actually does go on the show yeah. <laughs> Well, he has that dance sequence. When he dances the famous, the infamous Menno dance sequence, where he j- dances down the steps. Um, to that, you get
2: a, several scenes on those steps. There's at least right. three.
1: Right. There's uh, there's a few different ones. Those, yeah, th- those steps in particular. Um, and there's a little bit of a chase sequence because this is when the detectives try to capture him. Because um, I'm, I'm guessing they they went to his apartment or something. and They found the dead body in his apartment.
2: Presumably, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, but then. Arthur's able to, to give them the slip into escape because, um, all of society, (laughs) all (laughs) all of society has become jokerized. Um, the, the class resentment and the, the sanitation strikes and the, um, just the, the, the joblessness that that's alluded to throughout the film has kind of caught up to everyone. And, um, the Joker movement has become like this kind of Occupy Wall Street style thing. Um, and as he's running through the subway because he's in Joker getup, he's able to escape and, and evade the cops. And there, the uh, the other Joker protesters start beating up the cops, which is pretty cool.
2: One of them gets killed, I think, or shot.
1: By uh, yeah, the, something.
2: One of the protesters, I think, rather than the cop. Right. Although the cops were beaten up, I think.
1: Right, right. Actually, they they do mention that on the Murray Franklin show. Murray Franklin he mentions someone got killed and two cops are in critical condition. Yeah, okay, he so mentioned that it was specifically. Definitely
2: the, the cop shot one of the people that was accosting him. Right. And so then we have the, I guess, the climax mm-hmm. of the film, which is his appearance on The Murray Franklin Show. <laughs> yes. Where he. Um, <laughs>
1: comes waltzing out. <laughs> comes kind of
2: waltzing out and uh, is extremely awkward. Admits to killing the three Wall Street.
1: He's, pr- d- he's proud parents. of it. He doesn't admit it. He's, yeah. he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I did it. <laughs> uh he he also says that he doesn't believe in anything uh which I thought was interesting he he tells that to Murray in in while they're getting ready for those for all they getting ready for the show it's not like part of the televised bit
2: well no he does uh so he asks if he if whenever they're meeting pre-show whether the ma- the makeup is political and he says no right but then he also like on the actual taping of the right. show does say or i guess the show's live mm-hmm. does it say that he doesn't really have a political ideology or doesn't believe yeah he he just
1: says because people are scum people are people are bad people everyone is awful this is very very misanthropic kind of um i don't want to say politics but like attitude of resentment yeah and he shoots them shoots them live on live on air um
2: which i laughed at the first time. Yeah, I laughed that at was, it this time to me too. It was yeah. the funniest uh, part of the film the first time oh, I saw it. I guess that got ourselves some Joker brain here. There, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's um it it's like bleakly funny. It's it's like there there are black black comedic aspects to this movie for sure. Um the way he shoots shoots Murray's body again after killing him, it, the way it's kind of framed, it's like this very flat angle. It's a very classic comedic um framing of a of a sequence um he yeah he and then he he kind of he kind of wilds out he does some more dancing everyone else runs away um he's arrested off screen um which i thought was an interesting choice yeah right um, that's weird he's arrested he's, but then where we jump immediately to the cop car and he's kind of looking at the the chaos the um the I'll use the word anarchy, but as as liberals think of anarchy, <laughs> as good yeah, liberals think exactly. of anarchy, um, going on around him, um, and he 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 just starts cracking up. Of course, and the cops are like, "What are you like? What the hell is wrong with you? You did this. You did this." Um, it's be- he's like something, something, but he's like, "Oh, it's it's beautiful." Yeah, isn't isn't not it? It, isn't it, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it great? He's like, "Yeah, I know, I know, I did it." Um, and then <laughs> I think, yeah, and then other protester people. Who had stolen an ambulance crash into his squad car, and they free him, and they um they drag him out and they put him up on their shoulders and they all ch- laugh and cheer and like applaud at, at at him dancing on top of the the burning cop car, and um, then he's
2: arrested again off screen.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, he's re- he's arrested again off screen because um assuming we're assuming the, the riot police come in and, and shut everything down, uh, but yeah we we pick up we pick it back up where he's in. I think Arkham. Yeah. It, it must be Arkham.
2: It's got to be Arkham.
1: And um, he's he's getting he's being analyzed, and he starts laughing because and this was an interesting choice. Um, the "That's Life" song, the Frank Sinatra uh, "That's Life" starts playing, but then Joker, because he's Joker now, starts singing that di- in the diegetic sound of the film. Um, and I, I interpreted that as like all, all the music we had been hearing throughout the film is what he hears in his head. Um, especially the the incredible score, uh, the incredible cellos and, and other strings that were that kind of like are threaded throughout the movie. Um, I, I just imagine that's what he hears in his mind: the, the self pitying, the self, the, the the downtrodden man. He, he also he romanticizes his um, his suffering. Um, but yeah, he starts singing that, and then the psychiatrist asks him what's funny, and he says, "You want to get it?" <laughs> 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 and he kills he kills her off
2: screen, <laughs> which is communicated to us because as he is sauntering down right. <laughs> dancing down the hallway right. his footprints are red
1: and um and then we see him at the end of the hallway running back and forth being chased by an orderly or something and i like that because that that reminded me of um what's that classic british humor sketch where you, i don't even know where it's from like the benny hill show or something oh, yeah like people just run back and forth i, I thought that that was a reference to that just like this oh it's all vaudeville we're back to back to the comedy now
2: could be could be but yeah, that's a pretty solid, I think, synopsis. Yeah, what's some good analysis, to you? Yes, good eyes, man. Thanks. Good eyes. Thank you. Um, but just to dive in, first, let's talk a little bit about acting, and we, oh, of yes. course, I think, have to start out with Joaquin Phoenix, who starred as Arthur and the Joker, mm-hmm. and whom, uh, to be honest, I'm not that huge of a fan of his work. To be honest,
1: um, I. I wouldn't say that I am either, but only from the perspective that I haven't seen much of his material. Um, I, I certainly I like what I have seen of him that I can think of. Um, I just, I haven't seen the master. I haven't seen her. I haven't seen more of his other, his other big, big time roles or anything.
2: Yeah. I think gladiator is the one that I thought he gladiator. was best suited for. Yes. Yes. As Commodus.
1: Um, Emperor Joker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what one thing I do on second viewing I thought was good was, uh, but I don't know, it was a little bit incongruous too though, was Arthur had this very like soft-spoken little boy kind of um, naivete, like an innocence to him. Sure. But then you would see these very like, he had like pornographic images that were pasted into his journal. Yeah, and shit. I,
1: I don't think that's incongruous at all. I think um, the, the concept of like this this like childish like not that we ever really see it but i, I extrapolate like this childish almost violent sexuality like this confused um frustration and this confused like the, this powerful force that's inside of you and it's all around you like we see in another nice little touch um a lot of the shots in gotham they show like porno theaters um just in the background not not drawing any any attention to it certainly not as much as in taxi driver um but they're there and they're they're a part of the world and. um and yeah like you were saying in his joke notebook there's like this cut out of like a centerfold spread um very n- numerous yeah there's quite a, there's a bunch of them in his um in his little joke journal and, and psychiatric journal com- combo there um but yeah no i i don't think that's incongruous i i think that's in keeping with um especially because like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the real world news surrounding this movie has centered on the fact that he like this is a movie for incels and he kind of is which, which I thought was like um, it, it it kind of the the whole subplot with him and the neighbor and it's playing out in his head but it never really happens like that's that's what CNN imagines the incel movement to be so um, yeah the, the whole sexuality thing I, I thought was in keeping
2: on the first screening I didn't really catch I, like i almost was like this may have been even this might have been more interesting if it had actually been more of an incel sort of critique or what have you on second viewing i it's there it's not like it's not a huge part no it's not of the
1: film at all I it's think. it's not um i i say that he joker is an incel kind of half tongue-in-cheek because um what what Mainstream society thinks that <laughs> thinks that that term means is is very different than how it manifests online. I think, yeah. but um, the idea of of frustrated male sexuality it, it's certainly present and um, it is low key. It, it's it's never brought to the forefront. It, it's not an aspect of what makes him um become the Joker. I don't think.
2: I think a lot of the highlights of the performance are his physicality, and you yes. wonder like how yes. much time did they spend on working out sort of these elements of his physical movement his dancing is incredible not only i mean not even just i mean i guess you could all kind of wrap it up into a under the umbrella of dancing but even yes that's kind of he's doing that a lot too but just his movements yes even in terms of like his physical his gait because if you notice I don't know if that was part of impl- the implication of him. He had like a kind of a limp, if that was part of the f- the beating mm-hmm. or if that was just a f- permanent kind of physical condition that he suffered from.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's the virgin walk from the virgin in Chadney. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I noticed, I did notice that. that very, very um, stilted gait, very um, s- self, self-conscious gait. Um, I, I interpreted that as entirely um, in his own head just because, I mean, I, as... As a tall, gangly, awkward <laughs> guy myself, um, when I was like fourteen, fifteen, when I was really tall but still pretty young, um, I was super self-conscious of my height and my how that affected like my movement in the physical world. Um, and I can totally see how yeah that 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 was played off very naturally and very well.
2: Another aspect of the physicality was his fucking shoulder. One of his shoulders. Yes. One thing. Oh my god! Yes, Wilkin Phoenix. Is fucking on some kind of crazy. I mean, he's super, super skinny. Yeah, in the role, he, he's amazing. And his body yeah. is almost like disturbing to look at.
1: Ballet of like disfigurement. It's <laughs> so weird. Such a weird body. Because like he's
2: got this weird. Like I don't even know how he achieved it, but he yeah. has it. It almost looks like his shoulders permanently dislocated, and he's got like yes. his shoulder blade is. Like one shoulder is like, like kind of moved forward, rounded. And blade yeah, blade is kind of sticking up in the back. That was really unsettling.
1: Because there's one shot in particular. It's very early on. It's uh, it's when he gets the gun actually. Um, but he's in the 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 dressing room of the clown agency that he works for, and he's he's hunched over. He's trying to fix his shoe or something, and he has his shirt off. And yeah, that whole it. He looks like 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 this Quasimodo um, kind of kind of affect in in physicality, um and i mean i am assuming they didn't disfigure Joaquin Phoenix for this yeah. role so like that's acting and that that was it, it was very 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 good like physical comedy which is like one of the classic styles of comedy which is appropriate
2: but a nice little too just like unspoken kind of show don't tell aspect in terms of the writing or the portrayal or i don't you know whoever made the decision whether that was you know something that was that will that Phoenix brought to the role, or if that was discussed mm-hmm. in the script, or you know maybe that was something they all sort of hammered out because I Phillips did write the script as well.
1: Phillips wrote the script co wrote it I yeah guess. he he worked on it um, i I imagine that the dancing, um, because it's so integral to so many sequences, I imagine that at least was planned from the start, um, but I mean, Phoenix nailed it just um supremely. As graceful in those sequences as he is self-conscious and awkward um, walking home at night, um, and it's and it's very self-conscious and awkward walking home at night for sure.
2: Before we dive, unless you have other, I mean, other elements of Phoenix's performance at least that you want to discuss.
1: No, nothing that comes up right now. I mean, there there are so many other performances that are that are um, that are good. That I don't think there's. Who do we have? We have uh, De Niro as Murray Franklin. Um,
2: kind of perfunctory. I mean,
1: yeah, just it, it. He he's playing like Johnny Carson, like you were yeah. saying. Um,
2: not a lot of range. Like, there's not a lot of I don't know. There's
1: the role didn't really call for it to be to be yeah, fair. True. Um,
2: and I, I'm just, just more so to get to like aside from him, not a lot of the other characters are fleshed out in a in a great great deal.
1: Sure. Um, Everyone's serviceable. There's no there's no performances that took me out of it. Like oh, I'm watching a movie and this is a person <laughs> doing a thing. Um, but yeah, the, the of course it, it's very much a character piece on Arthur. So most of the other people are props to his um, to 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 like the glory of his suffering. Um, I th- the. I guess like the the Thomas Wayne actor kinda took me out of it a little bit. He I don't know who that was. Um, I can do some Yeah,
2: he's definitely been in a number of things.
1: Podcast style uh <laughs> live action research here.
2: Well, while, while you're doing that, I'll just mention. So the mother, the actress that played Arthur's mother, yes. was let's see, she was the mother in Six Feet Under.
1: Frances Conroy.
2: She was quite good. She's she's always a good. Good kind of a character actress to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Cohen plays Thomas Wayne. Um, yeah, he 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 didn't do a bad job. It, I guess this is more of the writing, of, if we want to just transition to that aspect of the movie. Um, the I mean, I did want to mention. A few oh, sure. Yeah. Just,
2: I mean, just really briefly.
1: No, then well, we could probably get into writing. Yeah, well, while, cool. while we're on it, yeah, let's go. Let's run through the characters. Um, it's
2: like the love interest was portrayed by the actress uh, who had. Zizi Bates. She was Domino in Deadpool 2. Mm hmm. Shay Wiggum, one of our detectives. Yep. Who uh, from? You might know him from Boardwalk Empire. Haven't seen
1: Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in. He had a bit part in True Detective season one. Okay. And oh, fuck, he's been in. He was the brother. He was actually in Eastbound and Down. I mean, he's been okay. all over the place. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's that's a lot of good lot character of actor. Yeah. Um,
2: and then let's see, we have oh Mark Maron, infamously. Mark Maron.
1: <laughs> he plays himself. Uh producer producer <laughs> for the TV show. Brian, Brian
2: Callen, the comedian. Yep. And podcaster. And then uh, Justin Thoreau actually has a little part. Yes. He is yes. we see him just briefly whenever Arthur is actually watching
1: practicing his yes, when he's practicing, entrance yes. for the Murray Franklin show. He he just plays like oh a movie star kind of like Robert Redford character, I think. Um
2: I'll tell you who that kind of one of the bit parts that really stood out to me as a really well done performance was the clerk at Arkham, whom he stole yes. the files yes. from. Yes, yes. That guy did a really excellent job. Like he was yes. very much, he felt really like normal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like he was pretty three-dimensional, I think, because he had like, he had a this kind of, you know, he verges It starts with like this sympathy and then ends on kind of this fear uh, revulsion. Yeah. Yeah. At Arthur. But I thought he was quite well, quite well done.
1: Yeah. Um, it's the, the smaller things of this movie, like the the smallest aspects are some of its best aspects. Like the, the really diving into the details and like the the little gritty things like that. Um, the part where like, like, like you were saying this, this guy's performance was very, very grounded. Um, the whole joke with the, the chain over the, the door. It's, um, yeah, it's, I almost want to say like the smaller things are better, <laughs> but, uh, and, and that extends that the performances, um,
2: that's small. The, whoever the actor was, the small, small person. The clerk guy. Oh, oh, the,
1: the, yeah, the, um, the, the clown with dwarfism. Yeah.
2: He was quite good as well.
1: Yeah. He, he, uh, notably was the only sympathetic, um, coworker to to arthur um while he was at the agency arthur says as much himself
2: oh one more actor so actually the guy that gave arthur the gun was yes. also on boardwalk empire okay. as uh the if you re- watched boardwalk at all you remember it was i think it was re- remus I don't know. he was ki- it was like a character sure you would know because he always talked about himself in the third person Okay. I'm pretty sure it was George Remus or something like that. Okay. Uh, but he was also in, he's also in Barry as one of the, I think the Ukrainians that hire Barry.
1: Hmm. But yeah, he, his, he, he was, he was good in the part. It's his part again, but that was another kind of um, underwritten bit that I think the, the movie could have benefited from another draft or so.
2: So speaking of, we can move on to writing as you were. Alluding to and sure, if, sure, yeah. I um, mean, for me, I don't have a whole lot honestly to mm-hmm. say about it. Other there's two kind of points that I'll mention, and then I'll kind of let you yeah go off. Um, and one was the irony of Thomas Wayne talking about how people that wear masks are yes.
1: cowardly. <laughs> yes, yes, nice little, was, nice little, pretty funny setup.
2: Um, and then I don't know if this is necessarily writing but it's sort of yeah throw it in there is a really nice detail was whenever arthur is talking to hoyt his boss yes. in hoyt's office mm-hmm. there is outside of behind arthur in the background is a clown poster that's out of focus okay so which is kind of a subtle right i think foreshadowing right perhaps
1: yeah there little little details like that um One, one missed bit of little detail, like kind of world building writing thing that I wish they had done. Um, I wish Arthur had done something with the bullet hole that he shot into his wall. I I thought he was gonna like hang up a picture to hide it from his mother or something. (laughs) Uh, and in in the movie, the movie is kind of very much concerned with like little specific details like that. I'm kind of surprised they didn't take up that. Um, I guess my two biggest writing critiques with this movie are the, the Thomas Wayne and the Roy coworker character. Um, that was his name, the, the guy that gave the gun to Arthur, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure why he gave it to him. Um, he gives it to Arthur after Arthur's accosted by the, by the kids for, and his sign's broken. Um, and Roy's stated reasoning to Arthur is you have to protect yourself. They're animals. The world's a dangerous place. They'll just kill you next time, um, which tracks. But he also makes a, a mention. He's like, oh, you can pay me back later or you can owe me something. And I thought that was going to be like a mob tie-in or like some kind of like Im- imposed generosity um but that just never never explored and and it, it seems a little unrealistic that another kind of struggling worker especially given given Roy's sentiments like would, would just give a gun and some bullets to to Arthur that just just
2: who we've already been told is not that well liked exactly by workers by, by any of them and then also,
1: um, there's
2: mention, kind of a throwaway line that Arthur had tried to purchase a 38 from someone that and I'm wondering if that was like something from the script.
1: No, what, what that left in, or, what, what that was, that's what the detectives told Arthur. Um, no, that, that's what Hoyt, Arthur's boss told Arthur that Roy told him. Uh, and that was Roy trying to cover himself. I see. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so again, we we give even more detail on this gun, but it, the genesis of it is kind of really murky. And um, I, I wish they'd either given him much more concrete reasoning or like actually played up that. Oh, well, Arthur, I'm your friend. I'm trying to do some nice stuff for you. Now you should give me some money because I gave you a gun and everything. Yeah. But no, it doesn't go anywhere. And, um, and the Thomas Wayne thing, there, there's nothing they do wrong with it. It's just... Um, it was kind of ploddingly obvious yeah. that he's like big, mean capitalist. Um, it's it's like the apolitical person's idea of like yeah. class critique. It's like, this is how leftists think all all rich people are. And there are some rich people who are good and they're not all like this. And of course, this is how like Joker would see this. But like a, per, a, a person in that position in the real world would make a lot more um, eloquent overtures, especially if he's running for mayor. I don't think a mayoral candidate would call poor people clowns, even if that's what he thought of them. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean like like, stranger things have happened. Sure. Like I, I definitely get it, but, um, I guess like for the type of character that we're supposed to expect Thomas Wayne to be like this well-meaning, but completely self-centered, um, rich capitalist guy, which he is, um, I don't know. I I I would have expected like the, the public persona of that to be more polished and to be more cynical cynically polished. Um yeah, right. and not so like obvious. And right. that that was my biggest problem with it.
2: Because there's even two, he punches Arthur as well. Which I guess you can <laughs> Behind of, closed doors though. True. But which I guess is it sort of tracks logically, but it still doesn't feel that great because he did show up at his house and like obviously he Arthur like chokes the I don't know if that's Alfred or whom uh, that's.
1: I think supposed it was supposed to be. be Alfred. Um the Wikipedia page comes it's Alfred. Um But yeah, that that's what I mean. Like that that's Todd Phil- um, um, I, I would I would bet my life's fortune that Todd my my the Wayne I would bet the Wayne fortune that Todd Phillips doesn't have politics to speak of, like coherent politics yeah, to speak right. of. Um but I I think that's like what he and like general Hollywood people think um the flaws of like leftist critique of capital is like, Oh, rich people are people too. They're not they're They're three dimensional people who have virtues and vices just like you. And it's just a difference in status. Like that's all it is. And um, yeah, the, the movie, the movie was kind of weirdly leftist, but like it didn't mean to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it I,
2: yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. Um, but before we delve, I think we'll, we'll circle back around sure. to that in a bit. I want to talk about the cinematography of the film. Oh yes. Which is always cinematography one of my favorite things yeah. in in films and that's kind of a something that I highlight oftentimes.
1: I've only seen two movies with you and I've definitely <laughs> picked picked up picked you up picked up on you picking up on that.
2: Now, overall this is not a film that I would say like that kind of ticks my boxes when it sure. comes to shots or like artistic flourish sure. with camera, but there are a number of good scenes that I do want to share and point out. You know, Give credit where it, credit's due. Mm-hmm. The things that I liked in particular. Um, early on, there was a tracking shot in the alleyway after Arthur's beaten up by yep. the kids where we've got kind of a low angle, very slow pullback uh, tracking shot as just as pulls, the camera pulling away from Arthur as he's laid on the ground. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know something about the way that it's framed with the the really kind of narrowness, the tightness of the alleyway. Yeah, and, then and sort of blue sky in the background behind him.
1: That's um, and that 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 setup that you just described. That's um, that's on the poster of the movie. The poster of him dancing down the street, dancing down the the steps. Um, the the walls on either side of him kind of go up, and we get this patch of blue sky behind him exactly. And that's the title card sequence that you just described too. I really like a lot of those shots.
2: Um, yeah. cause there's another, I'll mention too. So I, I think actually I did discuss this, but that, mi- that shot is also mirrored later on in the film after one of the clowns kills the Waynes and right. we have an almost identical shot right. of Bruce Wayne standing in the middle of his slain parents yep. and that same in an alleyway, very similar, almost,
1: but at nighttime specifically, which is important.
2: Ah, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good catch there as well. Um, so kind of similar framing, but yeah, I yeah, just really like that shot a lot.
1: And they occur almost at the uh, proportional positions kind of in the movie, in the screen, very, yeah. very early on, but not quite at the very beginning, yeah, yeah. very, very late on, not quite at the end. Another one that stood out for me was
2: early on in the film as he's walking up that really steep set of stairs that so many of the shots are, take place on, um, but it's a lot of times we're seeing up the stairs and this is actually so once Arthur has reached the top and we're looking, we're in front of Arthur looking down mm-hmm. or at behind him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that again, just, it's very similar to that alleyway shot. It's like you've got this right. really kind of, I don't know, it's almost like a Kubrickian like balance yeah, formalist kind of composition in the shot that I, maybe that's what it is that I like about both of those shots.
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um I'm thinking I don't I don't remember that exact one where he's looking he you said he's looking down the stairs. So no,
2: he's he's gotten to the top of the stairs and we are in front camera's in front of Arthur. Okay. And the down the stairs are behind him and then the city's in the background.
1: Yes. Okay. Really yes, cool. yes, yes, yes. And I think yes. maybe the cityscape yes.
2: in the periphery also added yep. a nice little artistic flourish to it.
1: There's some nice shots of the cityscape itself, specifically while he's riding the train. Yeah. Um,
2: I think there's one in particular, like maybe there, it's kind of f- a little bit further outside of the city, and you can see the skyline in the background.
1: I think that was when he was going to visit the Wayne Manor. Yeah, I that, think. think At Tracks. Yeah. Because I it's
2: think. probably going to be outside of the city proper. Tra- tracks on the Tracks.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's good. Um one of my favorite sequences is when he's dancing in a public restroom stall yes. after he after he kills the Wall Street Bros. Um, it, it, it's a super moving and super elegant um, dance sequence for him because he's dancing in front of a mirror. Um, he locks himself in the bathroom and he's kind of his head's pounding because he killed these people and he just does this dance and it's um, again I keep coming back to that score and I, I do want to give a I do want to give a shout out to the um, the composer that did it. Her name is Hildur, uh, uh, Gondotir. She's Icelandic. Um, but yeah, she, she is a a cellist and, um, the, the cello is very prominent throughout this movie. It's, a, it's this is deep timber and, um, it's the music that he hears in his head because like, it's so appropriate. And, um, it, it, the, the dancing is specifically that one, um, I was not expecting that, even though like it was in a, a lot of the trailers and, and all the footage that we'd seen. But just the way it's this literal like ballet uh, like happening in front of us—that was such a striking choice, I think, um, for this character too.
2: I think the shots of his face in the mirror, yes. in particular, in yes. the was he had the he had the Joker, he had the makeup on.
1: Yeah, that because uh, what had happened is he. He was leaving the children's hospital. He gets fired because right. he calls from a payphone, and then he just takes the the train home, and he still is in costume from all that. yeah, yeah. His
2: the way that his face looked in the mirror was really yes. awesome. Yes. Also, right around that time, actually, right before that scene, um, it's he's it's whenever he's there's a low angle shot. He's going up the stairs into like the subway terminal and it's this really cool subway area where you've mm-hmm. got these tiled vaulted sort of ceiling. Yes. That I thought was, yes, yes. I don't know, which look really cool with the, the kind of Gothic esque. Right. I don't know the, what do you call them? Like flying buttresses. Yeah. Flying like? buttresses. Yep.
1: <laughs> well, fly, flying buttresses are an exterior thing, but like, Oh yeah. Not, uh, not, vaulted, uh, vaulted, vaulted archways. Ceiling. Yeah. Vaulted ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, architecture folks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the there was good camera work too. Uh, the um, I'm, just, I'm thinking of the shots like the the first shot where we see him coming home to his mother. Um, just like long, the camera was held for a long time on like him walking down the front of this building, his his building, his tenement that he lives in, and then walking inside and then holding for a minute for a minute in the lobby way, holding for a minute in the elevator. Just, um, it's a very simple thing, but um, I I do appreciate when movies especially contemporary movies hold shots just don't rush it just hold it let the let the actor and let the character do their thing um you don't need to cut all the time like you can it's a it's a film film is an editing medium like you can you can reshoot things and just let things play out in front of you it's very nice to see that
2: that shot with whenever he's in full joker dress and he's in the elevator and we're looking at his face yeah that was a really great visual one of my favorites i don't know something very potent about that one
1: mm-hmm. uh, i think part of it was the lighting in the elevator definitely the, yeah. the dim shitty lighting of the dim shitty elevator
2: with his kind of bright makeup maybe that's what it was Is like the mm-hmm. clothes kind of had a nice contrast right and the, the makeup it's glowing
1: neon clothes he was wearing yeah that suit um
2: what else so let's see there's that um
1: oh uh, another good sequence is um when he when he kills the wall street bros um on the subway um the lights kept going in and out. Um, and again, kind of up to interpretation, whether or not that was his consciousness or the actual light on the crappy subway. Cause it could plausibly be both. Yeah. Um, but very confused and, um, kind of like this, this violent miasma of like, of, of aggression kind of sent like swirling around him and onto him. And then the shot rings out and everything kind of snaps. And like the, the camera work gets like a lot more clear and, and focused in that moment. Um, and then he kills the other one, and then the last one tries to run away, and he he chases him down. Um, yeah, and the camera work on the on the chase scenes, because there are a couple different like yeah, scenes of people running. It, it's very comprehensible.
2: There's something, too. There's like a slow motion scene after the subway cop chase. Maybe he's coming down he's, the stairs. He's
1: leaving the subway terminal, but the cops are running into the subway terminal because there's a riot going on behind him.
2: And there's kind of a slow motion. Yeah. Um, I think m- maybe my favorite shot, though, this it may be a toss-up between the elevator shot and the scene where he is uh, preparing to go out on stage at the Murray Franklin show. Yes. And we've got the colored sort of yes, the, curtain, mm-hmm. that he's behind and he's doing the... his Yeah. The, but the the curtain has is very colorful. It's like mm-hmm. yellow and blue and all kinds of different
1: it's um colors
2: and there's something about like the subdued lighting there's maybe like a low kind of blue light really soft blue glow what i think it had a really nice contrast
1: what i think part of it is is um it's it's the harsh studio lights kind of filtered through these thick curtains Ah. yeah but then um but then in the back of the curtains there's like very low lighting too it's like the there's very this very um very in your face contrast yeah that was good um and then this other thing you you pointed it out to me I think while we were watching and and after um after the Murray Franklin shooting um Joker runs up to the camera and he's about to say something into it but then it, <laughs> it it's it's cut cut to commercial pull the, pull the cord yeah uh, that but was good too. but Not then we pull back from that and it's one TV screen among many kind of like in a in a studio kind of um producing room or whatever yeah. and it's just all these people's different reactions to it but also like commercials contemporary commercial smirled in like there was the one clint eastwood commercial i saw i don't know like what he was talking like cologne or something um i saw it for like half a second but then there's like footage of the of the riots and then there's like other random commercials and then um it was it was a good good like little breather after the after the murray killing
2: any other standout camera stuff uh
1: visuals? Not, no not that comes to mind um it, his hair was really creepy, <laughs> like like uh, his his natural hair when he dyed it green, as opposed to the wig. Um, I like that. I liked uh, I liked his. I don't know if we're drifting a little bit, but like the I like the makeup on him. It it. Oh, once he
2: was in the full on. Yes. It looked yeah. It,
1: he he was perfect. He he t-
2: was a different. It was like a different character. Like a different. Yeah. You, I couldn't even tell that that was Joaquin
1: Phoenix. To he be honest. was very effective as Joker and. I was kind of like anticipating that he wouldn't be because everyone, everyone was like assuming like, Oh, he's working Phoenix. He's best actor for generation. He's going to be good as Joker. But like, he really was like, he, he really did do that good of a job as Joker. Um, he looked different. He composed him. He comported himself different. He, his, his little ticks were different. His, he, he had like, the confidence was like beaming through the confidence was as bright as the makeup he put on. Um, especially contrasted with Arthur night and day. Um, there's
2: a handful of miscellaneous sort of things that I wanted to mention, um, yeah. s- including some Easter eggs. I think we might have discussed at least one of them, but um, <laughs> one thing just random I noticed is that his mother had been diagnosed by a Dr. Stoner, which I was like, Honestly,
1: at Arkham Asylum, that's probably better <laughs> than they can usually do.
2: Uh, which I thought, yeah, I was like, what? What is this? Is this a, like a joke or is this lazy writing or what is is this exactly (laughs) are we doing this for laughs um
1: of course the most the most obvious um easter egg is is we do get a young bruce wayne um a pre pre pre-orphan bruce wayne um and like i said i i would like to see that version of batman in this in this universe it's just never going to happen unfortunately but um that was neat we we get alfred like we said um someone someone either another employee or, or he could be Alfred. who knows um groundskeeper or whatever on Wayne Manor.
2: Bruce slides down a <laughs> yes. pole really briefly as it, it there's is, a time whenever Arthur visits him. And then uh let's see, there's also That was like a reference to the, to the Adam yeah, West's this, bat, yeah. the bat pole, yeah. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> and then there is a mention that there are super rats in Gotham yes. and yes. Murray Franklin makes a joke about Uh, maybe they'll send super cats after them, which I'm guessing is kind of a reference to Catwoman.
1: Catwoman. Um, And there is actually a a really obscure Batman villain called the Rat Catcher who controls rats. I figured (laughs) that there was something to that. So who knows? Maybe there there could be.
2: Um, Another thing, I mean, this is totally out of left field, but. It made me really uncomfortable how fucking far down he would smoke the cigarettes to like almost yes. a cigarette butt.
1: That and that was good though. Like he, like, yeah. That, no. What kind of psycho? <laughs> <smoke some> cigarettes?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, man. It's uh, a good
2: thing with the jewel that you, there's no equivalent to oh, smoking man. a cigarette down to the filter.
1: Uh, Jared Leto Joker is a jewel smoker for sure. <laughs> 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 Nicholson smokes Cubans. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix smokes cigars to the last, to the, to the limit in uh, Leto is jewel joker
2: <laughs> absolutely mango mango jewel pods <laughs> yes lime. lime i don't know any other kind of just even whatever uh, out yeah, there, yeah random um
1: we also we're, we mentioned the charlie chaplin film that they were watching um modern times modern times yeah um there's probably i feel like there's some subtext there as well subtext i mean i i was reading a little bit when we were getting ready for the show um Todd Phillips said, like, oh, that, that's one of the movies that I would watch to prepare myself for doing Joker.
2: It kind of tracks to, I think, in the sense of, like, whenever you're talking about, um, before you had sound in films, you know, Charlie Chaplin's probably the most famous yes. actor from that era. A lot of it is about, like, the focus is on movement. So, right. And we even see right. in the screening that they watch, um, Charlie Chaplin is what he's... He's ice skating. He's either ice skating or roller skating or something like that. So. Yeah whatever skating um, yeah <laughs> there's some type of i don't know mm-hmm. reference being made there as well yep. or like tie into that period of filmmaking
1: this one's a little um oblique and maybe not all really there but um i guess it makes it all the more appropriate um in the in the restroom when arthur confronts thomas wayne i was getting kind of shining vibes uh, i um, was too mr yeah. torrance um yeah especially because like so so much of these interactions and, um, so much of how they play out debatably don't happen in real life. Um, I definitely kind of got that, uh, as we were saying, the Arkham, the depiction of Arkham as super bright, super ox- like oxy clean, kind of like very f- fluorescent nightmare, um, is, would be a cool version of Arkham. I would like to see more of, um, I alluded to the, the Benny Hill ending. I thought that was kind of a little Benny Hill thing. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's I'll I'll shout out anything else I can think of, but that was all the all the little things that may or may not have been there that were kind of casting into here.
2: And then just to sort of wrap us up in terms of topics, sure. uh lastly I just wanted to finish up a little bit on sort of some of the themes present in the film. Mm-hmm. One thing I mentioned and you already mentioned this, I think we both did, about there's a little bit of a hint of a class politics in right. reference to the Garbage strike. Right. Um uh, and and Thomas m- Wayne referring to citizens who haven't who've been unable to achieve success yes. as clowns. Yes.
1: And I think they mention um joblessness spiking. Um and certainly explicitly said is um social services being cut back. Um that, that's part of the plot.
2: Yeah. With Arthur losing um
1: his his state mandated or state appointed psychiatrist. Um
2: and I guess maybe his meds as well
1: i think i think the idea is because he can't get a doctor to sign for them yeah he, he can't just, stops just can't get them yeah yeah interesting Cause, yeah because they they do show one point he he takes the last two like he he dumps out his his bottle and only two come out and then he pops those and that's it at one point
2: fucking society is responsible for this guy
1: it is it is <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean the alienation materialist analysis here the the alienation is very prominent the um being disaffected um it it is kind of liberal in the sense that like people are in and, and joker says this to arthur joker joker arthur arthur says this to a psychiatrist early on he's like um i feel like people are getting worse out there it's getting crazy it's getting crazy and the film kind of implicitly supports that to a point um the class class antagonism is present obviously as as personified by by thomas wayne but um it's not like the main or only reason behind behind arthur's problems um yeah a lot of it's kind of like generalized hollywood-esque like people don't appreciate each other kind of weird neo-spiritual mishmash um and that, that kind of grated on me a little bit
2: Um, I thought in particular that sort of liberal perspective was really played out in the way that his mother sort of fetishizes Thomas Wayne as this sort of savior figure, like this element of just the good man Mm. can save us, the good, rich capitalist.
1: Well, that's on point, though, because a lot of people do think that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly.
2: Which maybe that was his
1: dad like right unknowingly right philip stumbled into something and he, he did I mean, despite himself he did <laughs> um not not to keep ragging on him but i mean this guy isn't a marxist or anything right. he's not an anarchist or whatever but um another thing that would like make me like to see a batman in this world is like this batman's lineage is so like like batman's a very much a one percenter superhero he's very much a, a a superhero like his superpower it's the it's the old joke like what's batman's superpower money but it is like that's his that's his source of his abilities um like especially so in this iteration um it would be it would be fascinating to see a 15 year time jump and to see how um this gotham with its class stratification so prominent and so on the nose um how, how like a rich Batman would react to that. And especially the Joker, he, the Joker himself, even though he vocally doesn't believe in anything, he is kind of held up as a hero by the end of, um, of the citizens of Gotham. Um, well, actually assuming that that happened, assuming that that wasn't all in his head. Um, but that is one valid reading. So like, that's interesting how, like, I don't know the, the, the proletariat hold up, like the, The the dredges of society are their hero is like this mass murdering clown and that's kind of like that's just how it is you know it's kind of interesting take
2: and then i you kind of caught on this too early on but i did want to go back since we are on themes about this sort of weird oedipal relationship oh yeah between arthur and um and murray franklin
1: and thomas wayne they're kind of two these dual figures in his mind um one that he one that he like had been adoring his whole life and one that was kind of like this new revela- revelation to him.
2: Yeah. So I guess he does. So he looks up to the Murray Franklin character and even fantasizes early on watching right. the show with his mother that like he's invited to the show and right. um, he, Murray like calls him down on stage and says, you know, I wish I had a son like you yep. or something like that. And what
1: made that fantasy sequence particularly uh, resonant for me was he... Arthur, in his own imagination, was as awkward and pathetic <laughs> as he is in real life. Like, he wasn't suddenly eloquent. He wasn't, like, suddenly super funny. He just, um, he was himself. And that kind of, that, that made it all the more real, I think. But yeah, he, he clearly looks up to Murray as, like, the father he never had.
2: And then winds up killing him <laughs> at, at the end. And really was- kind of, like, matter factly
1: Yes. Um I think that that's a testament to how much he changed at that point in the movie. He um it he had already killed his mother. Um also kind of matter of fact. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know. That, that less a, so less so. That was a lot less so. That was more like you strangle somebody yep. with a pillow. Like well, wow, although it's not as intimate as like strangling them with your hands. That's a pretty
1: more intimate than shooting them in the more, face. Yeah.
2: More intimate than just sure. like this abrupt headshot.
1: Right. And then funny follow-up punchline where he just shoots him in the <laughs> shoots his dead body.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that kind of wraps up what I had to discuss in terms of themes. Yeah. Any other kind of loose thoughts rattling around over there?
1: Um, again, like I I know Joaquin Phoenix is like firmly against this and he won't do it. I, I would I would love to see this Joker um playing off against Batman. Um I'm not sure if I'm thinking specifically Robert Pattinson, the new Batman, because um, I, I, I do think that's a, that's a brilliant casting call too. I, I think that'll be really good. Um, but some period-specific Batman, because this, this movie takes place in 1981, confirmed by the, the titles of the movies that were on the screen, the, the marquee that the Waynes were leaving. Um, they were seeing Zorro, Zorro the Gay Blade, which is <laughs> very very Batman-esque lore thing. That, that's traditionally the movie they were watching the night they get killed. Oh, is it really? Yeah, because okay. Zorro is inspired by Batman too gotcha um and so yeah to thinking bruce wayne was eight when his parents are killed um he trains for 10 years and then becomes batman so like we think we jump ahead like 12 years so we we got 20 year old batman versus like that was another question i had for you actually before i go off into my crazy tangent how old do you think arthur is supposed to be Uh,
2: i guess maybe mid 30s I kept. He wav- definitely looked so yeah. like like forty five, forty seven.
1: But he acted so young, yeah, yeah, and he he kind of looked youthful despite his weathered appearance sometimes. So yeah, I I kind of went back and forth between like mid twenties and like forty. Um, and I, I I the only reason I bring up that question in particular is because like as you were talking about the edi- the Oedipal aspect and the living at home, and it's kind of a little bit of a stigma because they they do point it out in the movie that that is kind of weird that he does that. Um before he says, Oh, I'm taking care of her um it kind- it kind of plays into that and the idea of like the whole sexuality thing too um yeah he he's just kind of like an, of an indeterminate young ish but old but m- kind of middle middle age um yeah, I don't know anyway, I would love to see if it if it could happen a batman versus this joker it would be very it would be interesting, especially like a period piece batman in the late eighties. I don't know how that would work.
2: <laughs> I don't know. He just maybe like after decades or something, but I don't
1: know. Well, think of it t- 10 years in the future, right? Cause like if that, if, if this Bruce, Bruce is traditionally either eight years old or 10 years old when his parents are killed. So let's say he's 10, 10 years in the future. He's a 20 year old Batman. Just, just starting out in this Joker. If he's like 30, he's in his forties. I think that could, that's entirely plausible. Yeah.
2: I just mean to, like the sort of character that this joker is
1: right but that's why doesn't, it doesn't would know, be interesting tr- yeah I see because he's a person he's not like he's not i i do think the ledger joker performance was very brilliant it was very apropos for the time that that movie was made um but we we've seen so many versions of the joker where he's like this this enigma from the past that has no fixed origin story and he he's he is what you see and like there's no personality to him behind the mask but this this Joker is very much a person, and to see how that would evolve and change and get twisted over years, but very very much still human, and people know who he is too. That would be interesting, I think. Yeah, I don't know. We
2: do get so the Nicholson jo- Joker does have a bit more sure of a back. We do actually see his origin. Yeah,
1: he's Jack Napier. I he's Jack
2: Napier, who's like a Gotham thug under a uh, boss Grissom.
1: Right. He's um. Yeah, he's like a hitman, I think. He's his uh, number one guy. <laughs> yes. Jack. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, to be sure, there, there have been more nailed down versions of the Joker, but um, not one as pathetic as this.
2: Definitely. Which is maybe, I think, why I initially didn't care for it that much. Is just like, I'm too much of a Joker, Joker
0: guy. Joker fanboy. I've got, yeah. yeah
2: <laughs> I, want the jo- I don't want a virgin Joker. I want... I want Chad. Valls, You're like Joker.
1: <laughs> You're a clown coop. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Yeah.
2: Just, yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm thinking about this too, but now I've got in my head stuck the, uh, scene from fucking the, the Tim Burton Batman where do you remember the character? Like the fat cop Eckhart?
1: Yeah. He gets, he gets shot. In hey the, Jack, yeah.
2: you ain't, you ain't got no future Jack. Hey Eckhart, think about the future. Poof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jokes folks. We love them. <laughs> it's yes hell yeah good shit yeah that's all i got i think i'm i think i'm jokered out i think i think i just had my last laugh (laughs) i did not
2: that joke killed uh, (laughs) i'm gonna kill myself would you okay what what about this would you where would you place this in terms of like if you what do you have do you have a do you have a 10 point scale that you kind of rate things on if i force uh, you into a 10 point uh, scale, God, i i hate willing doing that. to do this i'll I'll, I'll try it, i'll try
1: it i'll um indulge me okay can i do half points <laughs> sure, yeah yeah absolutely half. like 7.5 okay um great. better than i was expecting um very striking and memorable role um I would watch it again. I have no desire to see it again anytime soon. Um, I I don't imagine I'll ever sit down and watch this movie start to finish again. It's like the type of thing, if it's on AMC and you're flipping through channels, you come across it halfway through. Oh yeah, I'll watch this part. Yeah. Um, going to bed or something. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, But yeah, very, very incredible acting performances, um, strong sense of setting in place. And again, that... I keep going back to the soundtrack, but I do want to look up the soundtrack some more in this artist too. Um, but yeah, I, I would go with a strong seven point five.
2: I think I probably would say maybe a seven. I feel like six and a half is being too. It's not being generous enough. Sure, but, but yeah,
1: this is the flaw of rating movies numerically. <laughs> yeah, like exactly right. Yeah, sure. no, I um, yeah, I I I don't like ranking things. I don't like picking top. 10 lists of movies like just like i
2: think i think it's kind of can be fun
1: but it it can be it's a fun exercise i'll grant you that but just from a critical perspective i think there's so much more we gain just by having a leisurely conversation like this instead of like trying to tabulate everything um fair enough
2: yeah okay
1: yeah i don't think i would i'm definitely not going to go watch it
2: again in the theater and like you said i probably unless it's on and i'm just there's nothing else at all Yeah. before bed i might watch it
1: and that said it, it I, I do think if you have any interest in seeing this movie it's worth seeing the theater it's um it, it properly cinematic and the, the sound is lots well, of good sound design too um lots well, of good sound like interesting little choices there was one part where um where arthur's laughing maniacally of course he, he's trying to cry but he he's just laughing instead um in his apartment and someone from next door or whatever is sort of like just it's like, it's like shut up or something yeah. just bangs yeah that was good but like very faint so yeah. it's like really diegetic know. and realistic yeah. yeah
2: yeah that was good I know I would have liked to seen the film um, with a different director and a different actor in the lead <laughs> so different movie like a different movie, uh, a different movie entirely yes. yes I think even with the same script this could have been a lot more like if you turned up the some of the elements that in the background, Mm -hmm. I think, especially like the class element could have been a bigger focus and you could have said, there could have been a far bigger statement to be made with the film. I think, see, I I think I don't really know what this movie says. Ultimately, does it say anything or is it more of just this
1: character piece? It says we live in a society, but but it's an outright character piece. I I think, I think straight up, I think, um, a lot of the Twitter discourse has been trying to pin down its, its class analysis Um, in any class analysis, such as it exists, I think is as, as with any art, much of it is what you bring to it too, of course, but, uh, but granted, given that um, it's, it's kind of perfunctory it's, it's there. Um, and I think it speaks to the strength of class analysis that it's there despite this being a Todd Phillips joint. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and it, it, it's funny cause like I, I almost have the opposite wish than you. I wish this movie definitely had the same lead. Um, if I could get a Todd Phillips helmed version and another director version, I would like that. But, um, I think the biggest issue is it needed a couple more rewrites to the script. Um, especially those little character things that, that need to be fleshed out more as we, as we mentioned, um, maybe integrate the class dynamics a bit more fully, uh, like we were saying, um, but yeah, all the character-driven stuff um, is super kind of abstract and super more more like vague and floaty than than this class aspect that we're talking about. And I think that part it, it nailed it really well. Yeah, I would have liked to seen someone, and I
2: mentioned this earlier, is uh, someone like an Aronofsky? Maybe I'm. That's mm-hmm. like the first name that pops in my head, and I think that's much. Tied to the, like, back in the day before Nolan was given the keys to the franchise, <laughs> right. yes. he was going to do this
1: crazy version of yes,
2: either year one or, like, the Dark Knight. I, f- I think it was uh, Dark Knight, actually.
1: I, th- I think it was, like, one of those Batman projects that pulls from a couple different sources. Yeah. It has elements. But, yeah, you, you, he was going to do this, really like, really stripped down, very, like... I don't know.
2: Crazy, like it sounded fucking awesome. Yeah, I was so hyped for that.
1: Um, and when you had mentioned Aronofsky, I was thinking of um, the the fantasy sequence in the Murray Franklin set. Um, was very much like a requiem for the dream thing. With yeah, the, with the mother in that movie. I'm gonna be on television. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm I,
2: wondering I, who else. Like, I'm just trying to think. Aside from him, who who else has like a little bit of an artistic yet like bankable kind of uh, resume, you know what I mean?
1: I think Lynch is an obvious answer. Um, kind of the more surreal aspects, if they, if they heightened those aspects, like the um, obviously the, the Murray Franklin fantasy sequence, but if, if they had integrated that in a more...
2: See, I think he could do... I, I feel like Lynch would be the person to adapt like the uh, Arkham Asylum.
1: Okay. That, that would yeah. be like the perfect... Yes, that would be perfect. For him to do. Um, I, I have a fun game for you. Um, pick another Batman villain... And t- give me another style of movie you would like to see for them so like instead of like the joker but in taxi driver like 2 Face, but in goodfellas or something <laughs> like
0: hmm.
2: who else do we have because i think that somebody like fucking uh the riddler is too he's like joker light so i don't think we can really
1: you could do like um a dirty Harry thing with the Riddler, like the like the Zodiac killer or something. But yeah, that's kind of not even about him anymore. I was thinking like he'd do like a Wolf of Wall Street, but with like Penguin and like it's it's like this like executive boardroom battle between the Penguin and and Bruce Wayne.
2: Man, it's a shame that we didn't get a um, Philip Seymour Hoffman yes. Penguin. Oh yeah. that yeah. would have he, been
1: amazing. Yeah, he was he was. Back back during the Dark Knight era, he like everyone saying, "Oh, what's what's going to be the third movie? What's going to be the third movie?" And he was the he was the one that everyone was saying for for Penguin specifically.
2: I mean, Bane could have been a lot more interesting. Oh as god, well. yeah,
1: yeah, huh. yeah B- Bane's kind of a gimmicky knockoff.
2: Oh, you know what? Uh, I think maybe Poison Ivy could be a really yeah. interesting eco terrorist kind of like element. that might have been something. That, that's something that you could even you could go either way like you could do a
1: very more like grounded you could do like a version of her a scum manifesto (laughs) like poison ivy because like she's canonically she's like pansexual but like she holds men in contempt kind of um and there's no way dc would like touch that or like do that with any nuance or anything yeah but um i don't know any aspiring guerrilla filmmakers out there that just want to stick it to the stick it to the man stick it to dc there's your idea scum manifesto, (laughs) scum manifesto
2: poison ivy See, t- to me, uh, I'll throw here's here's a, an opinion for you. Yeah, I think that the solo Joker movie was already made, and
1: mm. it's called American Psycho. Yes. <laughs> oh, and uh, it's like Batman was uh, the main role too. Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, Patrick Batman is. That was his Bruce Wayne audition in that movie, I think.
2: But I also think, like, the, I don't know. There's there's elements of
1: yeah, the unre- Joker there yeah, as well. I for think. sure. But that's interesting though, because that that's completely the opposite class perspective. Cause like um Patrick Bateman in that movie is extremely wealthy. Extre- like his his father runs the company that he works at. He does nothing all day. Um in all of his like all of his like angst comes from not having the right restaurant reservation. Um also that's an eighties piece too. Yeah. Um so it that would that would be an interesting double feature, Joker and American Psycho. Um little obvious, just and two, like I
2: think there's a send-up of like masculinity it that's part of Absolutely. American Psycho. Absolutely. It's a very good critique.
1: The Virgin and Chad. Um Joker <laughs> and American Psycho.
2: <laughs> right. But yeah, um I think that's pretty much all I had to say about that yeah
1: no no yeah um yeah to quote t- forrest gump there <laughs> yeah no i'm tapped out but um yeah i'm glad we saw it i'm glad um uh shout out to argument winner i'm sorry i took your place in this um <laughs> uh, well, i think
2: uh, they uh so beep beep ended up doing a okay like a full-on panel Joker, they did okay. like over two hour
1: jesus christ,
2: on <laughs> the christ. Movie, so.
1: yeah i mean there's there's enough substance there to, to dig into um uh, oh also another oh, god this and argument winner posted I love how f- much of a fucking dork I am talking about my Twitter, my Twitter mufos on, on the podcast, but, um, he posted this, but another movie that came out this week was the Cuck movie. Oh God. Came out the same. I think it debuted the same day as Joker, which is like perfect. <laughs> um, apparently it's horrible by all accounts. I, um, I read, this is so funny The I, I read this, the Wikipedia, um, article for the Cuck movie as of last night when I read it, cause I don't give a shit, I'm going to spoil it for myself. It said Oh like, yeah, I'm definitely not watching it. Yeah. But it said like um this art this this um this summary may suffer from too detailed of like a plot <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> so like someone saw the cuck movie and then wrote the entire extremely detailed plot description. So thank you, um anonymous person. Hell yeah. But yeah, I'm done. I'm jerked out. Right on. Cool. Well, I'm gonna go.
2: I don't know if I'm gonna go cry or laugh hysterically. <laughs> what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when someone's holding a loaded gun to your head, what's the difference? Mm, yes. is, that what, is that what you were mentioning?
1: No, what's the difference between lying and crafting? Oh, okay, lying and crafting. Crying and laughing.
2: But doc <laughs> but I am Pagliacci. <laughs> oh my god. I think
1: we've done all the, the meme jokes we
2: can do. Yeah, we 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 should so, quit while we're ahead. Uh but once again, Nick from
1: Proletarian contrarian proletarian proletarian contrarian at proletarian c on Twitter, and you are at stellar Boer
2: yes, as well. And uh, we will definitely link to the everyone's social media awesome. and the podcast because awesome. uh, I've actually, if you don't know, I did guest on proletarian contrarian yes. a few weeks ago to discuss one of my favorite films, Dune. Mm-hmm.
1: So it was great, uh,
2: hell yeah, be sure to check that out. And I think, uh, are we still maybe? tentatively a batman versus superman at some point
1: um you're yeah we're we're working our way through we have a we have a schedule and everything but um we we do want to do that movie and um yeah you you are reserved for that what cool. for sure sounds good awesome so more
2: uh more batman <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> same bat channel see you next time <laughs> the
0: very rules of TV, of negativity and sacred.
1: Which is how characters to the old state of things in pure violence without object This is the typical violence of information. It's violent because what happens there is the murder of the wheel, the vanishing point of reality. Let's not have a misunderstanding
0: here. What I did is the following. With nothing left but recycled, whitewashed, lobotomized people, as in blockwork orange,